0: There you go. Do you feel like you just watched 10 movies all at once? <laughs> good morning, everyone. I'm Christy. It's great to be back in Door of Hope, Danny and I. And the kids have been away on our summer break. But it's good to be back. I would like to ask a question of someone in the room who knows these things. Is there any ice cream in there? Is it just me? I just noticed today that that was like an ice cream thing. I am suggesting subtly that next week, That would be an awesome idea, don't you think? Yes, yes. Yes. Andrew Fair says yes, we know that because he loves ice cream. Summer reading, I've really enjoyed this series. It's been really encouraging to me to hear our amazing speakers talk about the great gift of reading scripture. Um, I'm not sure if you're a reader or not. I am a reader. I enjoy reading and I read a lot over summer. I also like to catalog and count my books so I know how many I have read. And um, I use Goodreads for that, great app. But I thought I'd take you through some of my favorites for this summer, is that okay? Yeah. Okay, first one should be up there. This is a lovely book, Gentlemen in Moscow, five stars for me. Uh, beautiful, gentle, gorgeous story, so that's a good one. Uh, what's next? Oh, my new favorite genre, culinary memoirs. All about food. This is The Noodle Road, the discovery of where the noodle originated. Not everyone's going to find that fun, but I really loved it. Four stars. Um, What's the next one? Oh, Brene Brown. This is her new book called Atlas of the Heart. It's a beautiful book. It has pictures, and it details 87 emotions and experiences of the human heart, and it's lovely. Five stars from me for that one. Uh, This one. Has anyone read this book? No, no one. It has 771 pages, which I didn't realize because I read it on an e-book, so I had no idea how humongous it was. This is a Pulitzer-winning book. It also won the Women's Prize for Fiction and the National Book Critics Award. I found this book by watching the trailer of the movie that was made of it, and I got a bit confused because the trailer was really short and I thought it was a thriller, it's not a thriller. It's like a family drama that goes on forever. And I got halfway through, gave up, right? Read another couple of books and then thought, I'll look at the reviews. I read the reviews, realized it wasn't a thriller, went back to it once I got the genre right, loved it. Five stars. Very good book. Haven't looked at the movie yet. So Ben last week talking about genre, very important to give you the scope of what you're reading. So the goldfinch was a good one. So today we're talking about themes, why they're important and what they are. And this little clip has given a pretty good overview of what a theme feels like as it moves through scripture, because we know, don't we, that the Bible is not one book. It's a library of books. We call it the canon the collection of things that give us God's word for the day. And genre is vital, so is theme. It gives us sort of a boundary to work within. My kids watched a new movie this week called Rumble. Anyone seen that? Crickets again. Rumble is a book, is a movie about a cartoon monster who's a pro wrestler. So I'm surprised you haven't all seen it. But someone said, what's it about? And I'm like, oh, it's a coming of age story. It's an underdog story. How to come o- overcome gender stereotype story. It's a mother and daughter relationship story. It's all of those things, but those themes give us somewhere to connect to as humans because they're human stories. And when we watch a movie or read a book or hear someone tell us a story, they connect to us. And that's how we engage. The Bible is very similar. Now you won't find themes in the contents page, you don't look them up, but there are themes that we essentially know are there, like the theme of love, like the theme of God redeeming comes through to us. Some of them are a bit harder to find, but ever since the scripture was written, the Old Testament and then the New Testament, we have been seeking out these themes and they help us to navigate reading God's word. Biblical themes help link these books together, don't they? So that we can see and participate in God's purposes for his word. Another book I've been reading is this one, which is on the screen as well, and it's called Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew About the Bible. And I'm pretty sure um, Mike Bird, who's an Australian theologian who has quite a good sense of humor, wanted us to think 10 things I hate about you, but it's not, it's seven things I wish you knew about the Bible. I'm pretty sure he was going for that vibe. This is a great book. It's five stars, absolutely, and it is such a great little book to give to anyone, or maybe to give to yourself, to answer those questions we have about the Bible. Is it literal? Should I take it literally? What about all those weird things in the Old Testament? Is it normative? We should take it seriously, the purpose. So, this is a great book, and actually, today's sermon is brought to you by chapters six and seven of this book. Because I read them and I'm like, that's so awesome, Mike Bird. Let's just go with that. So, Mike Bird, if you're watching along with everyone else today, thank you. Great job. He's a, he's a good guy. There are some laugh out loud moments, let me tell you, in there. Shall we start? Okay, so. As a lot of you know, Danny and I uh, live and work at Worldview, and our students do um, different types of of units throughout their diploma. They do biblical studies, they do cross-cultural ministry studies, they do theological studies. And most of them will do a Old Testament overview and a New Testament overview. Guess which one they probably think is going to be better? New. New, why? why do we do that? We start in the New Testament because Jesus is there, is one of my hypotheses, and it's maybe a bit easier, we feel. But at the end of the day, if you ask our students which one they enjoyed more, many of them will say, oh, do you know why? Because they learned to find Jesus there. And today, I'm really only going to talk about one theme, and that's Jesus. He is the central theme and intent of our Christian scriptures. The scriptures revolve around Jesus, and that's why they're called Christocentric. Jesus is the main point, the main theme of our Bible. The Old Testament points and moves towards Jesus, and the New Testament reflects back to the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus. So both the Old Testament and the New Testament, that's what they're doing. They're centering on Jesus. And do you know who tells us this? Jesus, super clever. In Luke, he after he has been resurrected and appears to people, he's walking along the road and meets these two guys debating, using Old Testament scriptures, about what's happening with the Messiah. And he says to them, oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe that all prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Old Testament, he Interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. Jesus showed them how all scripture is centered on him. And we find that the themes Jesus centered on in his ministry are reflected in these big themes of the Bible. So, the human condition, as we've seen this morning, love, God's kingdom that he is building and bringing to earth, redemption of broken things, how he restores brokenness, how he gives people babies when they shouldn't be having babies, how he builds people up, God's pursuit of us, how he doesn't just let us go, but he keeps coming back and back and back and back. God's intention to use us as his vehicle on earth, First of all, in the children of Israel, and then in us, the church. These themes extend, and Jesus talks about these in his ministry. Okay, so themes, Jesus. There's many more, and you can read about them and explore them yourself. But I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent right now tangent to the side. Who likes a good life hack? Ah, yes. oh, at last. Yes. Hands up. Awesome. I love trying new life hacks. So maybe, would they be like old wives' tales? Is that the modern version? A life hack? Little things that are meant to help your life. Now, many of these things we see on the interwebs don't work. Like yesterday when I tried to make beef skewers using the cut-in-half Coke bottle, it did work. It was super slow, so don't try that one. But today, as a gift to you, I'm going to show you four that are awesome. Okay? Ready? They're on the screen. First one. The juice box, if you've never learned this, you are missing out. If you get a kid a juice box with a straw in it, what happens? (sniffs) Everywhere. So those little triangle bits on the end, lift them up. If they hold that, they don't squeeze it. Life hack number one. Okay, life hack number two. If you get a piece of eggshell in your egg white, the best way to get it out is use the eggshell. They stick to each other and it works. A gift. You're welcome. Next one wooden spoon over the sauce, it won't boil over. Science, people, science. And the next one, I like this one, just use nail polish. If there's keys that are the same, if you paint them, you'll know. Thank you, thank you very much. (laughs) Such good life hacks, such good ones. Now, in the book, Mike Bird talks about when his kids were toddlers, he used to put a sock on their doorknob on the inside so they couldn't get out of their room. (laughs) Very effective. Has anyone done that? Don't put your hand up. Okay. So good. (laughs) Our scriptures are not a book of life hacks, are they? They're not just open up, I'll do this, and everything works more efficiently. It's also not a book... Of magic words that we can just say and things work. And then it's not just a book of commands that our big God says to us and we must do. Some of those things are true, but that's not what scripture does. The purposes are far more meaningful and personal than that. So I'm going to take Mike's four purposes and share them with you today. So we had a bit of an overview of the themes, but the four purposes are what I would love to work through as we finish off uh, this morning. So the first one is the purpose of Scripture is to help us know God. Knowledge of God begins with the knowledge of Scripture. So the more you know about Scripture, the more you know about God. And it actually works in a lovely little cycle where the more you know about God, the more Scripture comes to life. Scripture reveals God's character, who he is, what he's like, and it's vital to knowing God. Now, Danny's sitting in the front row, so he won't see your hands right now. Who remembers a sermon Danny did on knowing God and knowing God, and he taught us two Spanish words? Oh, yes, there's hands. So, In Spanish, there's two words for know, K-N-O-W. Saber, which means to know things, to know pieces of information in your head. And then conocer, which means to know someone, to have a relationship. So to know about God, saber, leads us into knowing God, conocer. But to do that, we really need scripture, it's vital. To us. In the Old Testament, God's words were given in law, commandments to the nation of Israel. And in Joshua uh, chapter 1, God said to him, The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. Brackets, super important. Then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall be successful. God's word reminds us that the Israelites had a covenant with God for them to be his people. Remember this? Living in his land with his laws under his love. In the New Testament, Paul writes a letter to Ephesus and says, I keep asking the Lord our God, sorry, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him Better. That's the purpose of our scriptures. That's what we receive when we read it. So that's the first purpose knowledge of God. The second one is faith. The one thing scripture does is bring people to a point of faith. Who's heard of Gideon's? Gideon's, this amazing worldwide organization that places Bibles in hotel rooms. And there are millions of people that have been touched by God simply by reading His words. Scripture is evangelical. What does evangelical mean? Extremely passionate about a cause. The Bible is extremely passionate about God's Word because it is God's Word. So it brings us to faith, but it also deepens our faith. Scripture moves us into God. It teaches us how to pray, it teaches us to live in a kingdom that is more like Christ, how to love, it assures us and comforts us and brings us close to the heart of the Father. So not only does it draw us to faith, but it keeps us and deepens us in faith. So the purposes of knowledge knowledge of God and faith, and the third one is growing in love. In Matthew, someone asks uh, Jesus, "'Teacher, which commandment of the law is the greatest?' He said to him, "'You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart "'and with all your soul and with all your mind.'" And uh, the Jews of the day would call that the Shema. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. "'You shall love your neighbor as yourself. "'On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets.'" Jesus' focus and the foundation of his ministry is love. And that's what totally made it revolutionary. It challenged the thinking and the behavior of the day. It wasn't a new concept to the Jews, as I said. But when he combined these two, to love God and love your neighbor, it's sort of like he refreshed this concept of love and he put this banner over all of the Old Testament and what is to come and he covered it in this theme of love. So when he told the parable of the Good Samaritan, the behaviors and expectations were turned on its head because the Samaritan wasn't meant to stop and care but suddenly there was a new banner of love over this conversation and the prodigal son It totally dismantled the inheritance expectations and what a father should do when a son took off and, you know, spent all the money. And suddenly there's this dad literally coming and covering him with love by putting on a robe over him. And we see these beautiful pictures, don't we, of these coverings as we saw in that that clip how scripture uses these themes and pictures to remind us of what's going on. And, you know, I would encourage you when you're reading scriptures to think of some of these themes. When you see the words like take or covering or table, you know, as you read through, make a note. Oh, I've read that before. How do they connect? Are they similar? What is it saying about God? It's a great way to read scripture in a new way and makes it a little bit easier to link these books of poetry and history and letters and gospel. And for them to make a bit more sense in one reading So we've had knowledge of God, we've had faith, we've had love. And the last one is the message of hope. So Paul writes in Romans, what he says is the purpose of Scripture. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Scripture teaches us resilience through the Holy Spirit. Psalm 77 encourages us to remember the deeds of God in the past so they might encourage us in the future. Matthew 11 encourages us that the coming of Jesus will provide rest for our souls. John 6 reminds us that only Jesus has the words to eternal life. And if you put a different emphasis on that, only Jesus has the words of eternal life. It's exciting. Scripture is hope for us and hope for us for others. I think we got our name right. Good job. A door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world. And we do that by relying and soaking ourselves in scriptures. Immersing ourselves, grounding ourselves in God's word to become a community of his. This is why at Door of Hope we talk about spending 20 minutes in the chair, so we can be a community and people of hope. This is why we encourage people to read through the bookmarks, which are themed, by the way, if you haven't noticed that. There's a person who's in this room who thinks very carefully about those bookmarks. It's why we encourage people to do Alpha, so they can learn the fundamentals of what Scripture teaches. In a 10-week program. It's why we meet on Sundays. It's why we meet in connect groups, so we can live out what Scripture teaches with each other and encourage each other and example it to other people. When we're soaked in Scripture, others that don't read Scripture should be able to see Scripture overflowing out of us, shouldn't they? And that's the purpose of this building. As people that don't know Jesus walk through, they see God's message in front of them in the form of us. What purpose is Scripture living out in you this week, this year? Is it bringing you to faith? Please keep reading. (laughs) Please do. Jesus is pursuing you today. Is it deepening and building your faith and moving you closer to the heart of God? Please keep reading because that's a beautiful endless journey that we get to go on because there's always more to discover about who God is and His heart is big. Is it encouraging you to set your eyes upon Him, to see His character and model it as we live in this kingdom of God? Is that what Scripture's doing in you? Is the Spirit's activity, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, is His activity in you helping you to have great conversations with those people that don't agree with you. And in these last few months, I don't know about you, but I have many more of those than I used to. And the Spirit works in building love and compassion and acceptance with those people that we might not like or agree with or are on the same page with. I pray that it will be at work in your lives this week as you read it in new ways. Let's pray together. God, our Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you for your work in us. Thank you for your work in your scriptures as you've inspired people to write words that your Holy Spirit have placed on your heart. Thank you for your work in bringing together these books into a form that we can hold and read. And Lord, right now, I pray for those that don't have scriptures. Would you work in those people that are preparing them for translators, for all the people that are bringing your word to others. Lord, we ask that that work would continue. But as we go into this week, Lord, would you make us aware, Holy Spirit, of the way that you're using scripture in our lives? Would you bring encouragement and invitation to us that we might do that more? to serve you better, to love you more, and to be Jesus-centered and others-focused as we love you. And we pray these things in your awesome and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sam.